0: Alright, so we continue, and uh, <clears throat> we're dealing with Transform by Thoughts, and this is going to be part number four, Transform by Thoughts, the way you think, and that's what we're dealing with. I just hope that you've been able to come to the place of following right from when we started this subject. I keep getting testimonies from outside of this country of the effect of this world in the life of people. And I prayed and believed also that you're having the same effect. All right. So our main text is Ephesians 3 verse 20. Ephesians 3 verse number 20. And it was a now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we are still think according to the power that walketh in us. Praise the Lord. This is the world we are dealing with and we are talking about the issue of your prayers and your thinking. And we are emphasizing the fact that you cannot just think about Praying alone without thinking. Because God can also use your thoughts. And we try to illustrate that extensively. We said for instance the woman with the issue of blood. She thought to herself if only if I can touch. She got her healing. We said the prodigal son. They didn't need anybody to preach to him. He only had to think from within himself. I must go back to my father's house. And he went back. Praise God! I'm just saying, you okay? Hallelujah! Are you following me? Yes. Yeah. So all of those things are tremendous examples we find in the Bible. What thoughts and your mind can do for you, even as you pray. Hallelujah! Let's say it from the Amplified Translation. i Guess what? Emphasis the amplifier. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that's the world within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers glory, desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams, infinitely above. Your thinking can take you high or take you low, just like your prayer can take you up. And where you don't pray, you also stagnate in a measure. Hallelujah. All right, so uh, I just want to touch a few things today. I don't know because as for next week, as will be ministry maybe along this line as well when it's around. So let me touch a few things for you today. Um, your thinking. It's a product, I mean, your wickedness, act of wickedness, a product of your thoughts. The act of wickedness is a product of your thought. Your thinking makes you wicked. You see, and the Bible says, hmm, Keep the heart with all diligence for out of it are the issue of life. And Jeremiah speaking made a strong statement. He said, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Above all things, he said, who can know the heart? I used to tell people sometimes, instead of being afraid of the devil, be afraid of your heart. Because why? When a man's way please the Lord, you make it even the enemies, the devil, the witches, or wizard, to be at peace with him. Instead of being afraid of the enemies, be afraid of your heart. Because your heart is so wicked, that you don't even know what your heart really carries. It's as bad as that. It's as dangerous as that. The heart of man is desperately wicked. He said above all things. That means above the devil. Your heart is so wicked. Above the devil. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So instead of being afraid of the devil or anything. Be afraid of your heart. If you can manage your heart. Your ways will please the Lord. And you make your enemies to be at peace with you. Hallelujah. Go with me to Jeremiah 6 verse 19. Jeremiah 6 verse 19. Wickedness a product of your thoughts. Glory to God. He said, Here, O art, behold, I will bring evil upon these people. God is speaking now. Even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Even the evils of their thoughts. So what God is trying to say, I'm going to do, is because of the thoughts of these people, and that is because they can't synchronize their thought with the Word of God, and this is important as well. Praise God. Now look at verse 20. To what purpose come at thee? I mean, commend them to me. He is sent from Sheba, and the sweet come from a far country. Your burnt offerings are not acceptable nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. You know what he's trying to say? Because your thoughts are wicked, your prayers are to nothing. Did you see the connection there? The artist said, if you must know how to pray, you must also learn how to think. Especially on the word of God. What use is your prayers? The incense speaks of prayers. What use is your prayers to me? When your thoughts are wrong. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. the what purpose is that to me? That you offer prayers. It makes nothing. Why? Because your thoughts are wrong. I am going to do something that you will not like because of your thoughts. So your prayers are not saying nothing. By implication, this is no time you are going to pray for God to stop what he wanted to do. No. Why? Because you have already incurred the wrath of God through your thinking. And God calls that wickedness. Wickedness essentially is a man who will not take to the word of God. That's wickedness and simple definition of God's word. Because of their weird heart, they cannot enter the promised land. Which has to do with unbelief. Because they've not, they not taken the word of God to heart, so they cannot enter the promised land. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Praise the Lord. So God is saying, I don't need all those prayers. Why? Because your thoughts are wrong. The thoughts are evil. Your thoughts are abomination to me. I don't need those prayers. So you see, when your thoughts are wrong, no matter how long and hours you spend a prayer, you're just wasting time. God searches your heart for before you accept your prayers. Hallelujah. Can you get in that? Praise the living God. What God wants is your obedience. And a good heart especially as you relate to his word. I've already been saying this. Mm-hmm. I know it's not easy, but if we must understand that that is God's word, then we should be able to do that. And you know what God said about your enemies, which you think you have? Pray for your enemies. Did he say so? Praise the living God. And that's why I keep saying, there are certain things that the Lord has pulled down for us to walk through or walk with. They are not easy, but I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You see that? Hallelujah. And not by mind, not by power, but by, by the Spirit. When you start looking into the Word and believing what the Lord says, it gives you the power to be able to fulfill the Word. So, you can literally love your enemies, pray for your enemies, when you walk by the Word of God and the Spirit begin to help you do that. Praise the Lord. Uh, We see here. Look at Isaiah 65 verse 21. Isaiah 65 verse 21. I have spread out my hands all the day unto rebellious people which walked in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Hallelujah. Isaiah 65 verse number 20 or number 21, take 21, or 2, whichever one you want. I have walked with these people. Spread them a hand unto these people that are rebellious. They are not ready to come to me. Praise the living God. Are we here? And they walk the way they walk based on their thoughts. Their thoughts, by implication, you walk out of God, you can literally become rebellious to God because of your thinking. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Now let me show you some of the things that are in your heart, Which are actually what you can do because of your thinking. Mark chapter 7 verse 20 and 21. Book of Mark chapter seven twenty. We read up to 20, 22, The book of Mark chapter seven verse twenty. And he said that which coming out of the man that defiled the man. Now you know what he's trying to say. The disciples came and said, "In fact, Pharisee, sir, why will your disciples eat without washing hands? You understand what I mean?" Which is a form of righteousness. You know, you know how the Muslims, before they prayed, they was the mouth, wash the hand, was your feet. You know that. Call it oblation. Okay, fine. Now, that's the kind of mindset with which they ask this question. But Jesus said, it is not what goes into a man that defies the man. It is what comes out of a man that defines the man. Okay, look at verse 21. For from within, follow this, out of the heart of men. Now, it will surprise you. It didn't say out of the heart of man. It said out of the heart of men. Why is it so? Because all men have the same hearts. And it came from Genesis 3. As long as man partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they have the same hearts. That is why you need to be born again. When you are born again, you receive a new heart from the one of Genesis 3. But anyone that is yet to be born again, they all function with the same heart. That by implication, these products they come from the heart that have not been born again. Look at that. What did he say? From out of the heart of man. No. Keep it there. In verse 21. Let me go through. Praise the Lord. What did he say there? Proceed what? Evil thoughts. Remember we are dealing with thinking. The Lord will do exceedingly above what I ask or think. Out of the heart of man. Proceed what? Evil thoughts. So people don't just do evil. It is originate from their thinking. Are you listening to me? You don't see people carry out any action except first of all they think about it. Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders. What's the next thing? Theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, laxidiousness, and evil are blasphemy, pride and foolishness. These are products of evil heart. Pride. I'm going to deal with pride a little bit. Some of us who are very, very proud... We don't understand that it has to do with the way we think. Sometimes, when people talk about self esteem, I say, going to make you see that. While it is good to have self esteem, you can blow it beyond proportion. And pride begins to mix with that which you call self esteem. Are you there with me? All this thing comes from where? The hearts of men, based on your thinking. It's your thoughts. Like I always say, you see people go still and when they are arrested or caught and they said, the devil told me to do it. So that was I was hearing the voice, we are in the voice. Okay. You always hear the voice of the devil. How many times have you heard the voice of God? Think about it. How did you hear that this is the devil talking to you? But you don't hear when God is talking to you. Are you there with me? And I also will tell you something. Bible says to whom you use your member to, you are a servant to that individual. Therefore, the man that has not used his instrument, his members unto God, is an instrument of the devil. The devil definitely can speak to them. By implication. If the devil can talk to the man that is not born again, that means God can talk to you, who is born again. Am I making sense for you? So, in the first place, you truly do not have an excuse why you don't hear God. Mm -hmm. You don't have an excuse. Because before you get into God, when you were in the war, you were hearing the devil. Nobody taught you how. So, now you come to God and you don't know how to hear God, you can hear from God. And the Bible tells me, as I led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we do know that the leading of God comes through our spirit for That which is born of the flesh, fled out with the born of the spirit, is spirit. And Proverbs twenty-seven, verse thirty, the Bible tells you, "The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord." And you are born again, that means your spirit is out, your light is come. Therefore, you can hear God. You can hear God. Praise God. And so, when your thoughts begin to synchronize with the Word of God, you position yourself more and more. To hear what God God to say. And that is very, very important. And I also like this scripture. Because we begin to see again there that even foolishness is a product of thoughts. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. Go with me to First Chronicles 28, verse number 9. 1st chronicles 28 verse number 9 and thou Solomon my son know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searcheth all hearts and understand it all imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be find of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. You understand what? All the imaginations of the thoughts. So you can be saying, Oh God, I love you but your heart and your thoughts are far away from God. So Jesus will say it this way, You worship me with your lips, but your heart is far away from me. God doesn't accept worships that come from thought, I mean from just your mind, except that which comes from your thinking. If you unite your thoughts with your worship, you'll be able to find God. Praise the living God. So by implication, through your thinking, you can get closer to God. You get into union with God through your thinking. You may do all the prayers. Remember where we came from, the book of Jeremiah. It's not enough to pray. It's as good as doing nothing when you're praying without the right thinking in your mind about who God is. As for what God wants, as for the intentions of God, how that you walk in His walk and stay with what He has ordained for each and every one of us. Praise the living God. And so David said, hey, listen son, this is a way by which you see God and will go close to you. You're thinking. How do you think about God? What do you think about serving God? What do you think about the worship of God? What do you think about being in the congregation of the children of God? You know, you have people who say, oh man, the church is, is you. Huh? You are the church. You don't need to go to any building. God does not dwell in building, buildings with hands. Have you had all of those philosophy? Deception. The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembly of these saints, And the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis... Unto shiloh shall the gathering of the people be. The gathering of the people shall be unto shiloh. We're talking about Christ. There have to be a gathering. So when you have all those cheap philosophy, God is not in the building. God is in my heart. Then you sit in your heart. I mean in your hearts. You don't do nothing. You don't share fellowship with the brethren. You have wrong thoughts. And the same set of people will ask you, are you going to be on live stream? I don't know if are get what I'm saying. Oh, I was not fellowship, I was on live stream. Live stream in your home. And some people are sitting down somewhere and then you are watching. You say you're on live stream you're fellowshiping. You're deceiving yourself. There's a prayer for the corporate glory that manifests when people come together. Wrong thoughts. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so in Psalm 94, verse 11, the Bible says, The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Psalm 94, verse 11. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are all vanity, emptiness, all those things you think you know. And you don't know as you ought to know. It's a display of man's foolishness and emptiness based on his thoughts. you get together. When you walk with God's word, you're thinking about God's word, your thought become synchronized. But anything outside of that is vanity, emptiness. Praise the Lord. Are we see here? Let's talk about pride, which is a product of thoughts. Your natural way of living. Romans 12, verse 3. Pride. <laughs> Some of us don't even know that we have pride anyway. You may not know that we have pride. But most time, if you set your spirit, and you try to compare your life with the life of Jesus, you begin to see that you are a proudful fellow. Are you listening to me? Romans five verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. It means you can think more highly of yourself than the way God really wants you to think. Hallelujah. He said, according to us, God hath dared to every man the measure of what? Of faith. Take it from a Neural Translator. Maybe NLT. Romans 12 verse 3, NLT because of the privilege and authority God has given me I give you each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are be honest in your evaluation of yourself measuring yourselves by the faith God has given unto us did you get that? Don't overestimate yourself. It's a product of thoughts. When you feel oh, that's not my equal, that's not my equal. You can't relate with people. No, you understand what I'm saying? You can shuffle no, 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 it's not my it's not my it's not my equal, then no, 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 it's not my who are you? Who made you? You are thinking about. Jesus, who is even God, came out of flesh. He was dining with everybody, even having children come around him. Who are you? You're just walking in pride. You have the wrong thoughts that you're having. You're overestimating yourself. You're over evaluating yourself. It's not necessary. We are brethren. Praise God, somebody. Are you listening to me? We are all brethren. One blood. And when you come to the cross, it's a very simple plane. Everybody can stand on the same platform. You are not better than anybody. You have to understand that. It's wrong thought to think that you are better than people. First Corinthians? Okay, take second Corinthians three verse five. If that is what I want, let me see. Good. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from who? From God. And John, we will even say this. Peter said this. I mean, Jesus said the same thing. No man can receive anything. You know, they came to him and said, Oh, come on. This man is baptizing people. Jesus was baptizing now. And they went and John. John said, No man can receive anything from Above except it is given to him from above. No man can receive anything except it's given to him from above. No matter how wealthy you are, it's God as your source. Praise God. Not to think that we are sufficient by ourselves, to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go with me to Galatians 6 verse 3. I'm just talking about the issue of pride. Galatians 6 verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something, when it's nothing, he deceives himself. So where does deception come from? my thinking. Did you get that? When a man thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Praise God! <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear people say, "Look at the way you're just talking to me." Since when have we become meat? Have you heard people say that? Who are you that you are not? Somebody says he's meat. You see. You don't make people to honor you. Honor just come naturally. There's nothing you do for people to honor you. You, you, you don't. No, 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 no. You want people to respect you? No, it's not. You, you don't force respect. That's why people say respect is reciprocal. You don't force respect. Well, you don't respect people, they can't respect you. Well, who has become your mate? Who are you? So, okay, who is your mate? Now that all those around nobody is your mate, who is your mate? Yet you are in the midst of these people. yet they are not your mate. Find your mate somewhere else. Deception. As a man think, look at it. If a man think himself to be something when it's nothing. What has happened? He deceives himself. It's deception. To think that you are so important but than everybody else. It's deception. Praise the living God. Sorry, perhaps I should not have done this. But you see, when I see Doctor Sit in the midst of these people, Mr. Foss. You see the truth is so many of you don't even know who he is. And who he was, in quotes, In this country. I'm talking of people, person who are dying and have fellowship with president of this country. But he sits here. And when you see him, he's just like everybody else. Are you following what I'm saying? What, What should I have made him not to feel, well, this is not my place. And go to very big, big places like that. The only thing that humbles a man is the revelation of God. An understanding about God is saying, concerning your life. So sometimes where you belong is not a choice. That's to do with what God wants for you. Hallelujah. I mean, take the scripture and meditate on it. For if a man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, nothing he deceives himself because anything you ever become is God's hand that is coming from praise the Lord take life easy is that okay take life easy take it simple it is save you from yourself sometimes it is better you know we preach to people but sometimes it is good that we preach to ourselves and save us From ourselves, because the greatest enemy that you can have right now is yourself. Praise the Lord. Few more minutes. Let me see what I can do. Go with me to the book of John, chapter five, verse thirty-nine. John, chapter five, verse thirty-nine. Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they quick testify of me. Actually, what he's saying is you are searching the scripture because you feel in searching the scripture you're going to find God or eternal life. You are correct. Is that okay? Let me let me make it simple for you. Leave from the Amplified translation so that you can understand what I'm saying. Amplified. You search and investigate. And pour over the scriptures. Diligently. Because you suppose as you think. And trust that. You have eternal life through them. And this very scripture testifies of me. By implication. There is something I want to show you. And it is very important. Look at verse 40. And still you are not willing. Willing. But refuse to come to me, so that you may have life. You're looking for life, and you say, no, if I read the Bible, I'm going to find life. Is that okay? Now, you're thinking, now, if I read the Bible, I'm going to find life. Eternal life, I can get it reading the Bible. And Jesus is saying, well, everything in the Bible talks about me. If you are going to look for eternal life, you're going to find me in the Bible. Maybe, your thinking enables you to pursue by investigating the scripture to find Christ through your thoughts. Let me show you something here. Read verse 39 from message translation so that you can understand. The desire to read the Bible comes from your thoughts. Whatever you can truly, truly get from the Bible is based on what you're thinking. Why do you want to read the Bible? is it because yes as a christian you must read the bible is that only reason why you want to read the bible is it an obligation or a command given is that why no until your thought comes to the finder in my reading the bible i'm going to find god find christ it amounts to nothing it becomes religion message translation you have your heads in your bibles constantly because you think you will find eternal life there. But you miss the forest for the trees. This scripture is all about me. You're, you're searching scripture, finding. Jesus is saying, if you open the Bible, you're going to see me. So, you synchronize your thinking in that understanding that I am reading to find Christ. And not just to fulfill a religious obligation. He said you miss the forest for the tree. What does that suppose to mean? It's like saying the trees cannot be compared to the forest. Though trees makes a forest. Is that okay? Right. But he's saying I am more than what you're looking for. In the true sense, reading the Bible will make you discover me. And then you come to me and then you have your eternal life. So your thinking enables you to pursue eternal life by reading the scriptures. And you find life as you read them. As you walk in obedience to what God is saying in his word. Praise the living God. Are we still here? Therefore, Colossians 3 verse number 1. So I begin to close up. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3 verse number 1. If you then be reason with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God. What is that supposed to mean? Put your affection on things above. Verse 2. Search affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Affection that becomes the mind which is your thinking. What are the things that occupies your mind? on a daily basis when you sit down what are the things that occupies your thoughts? How you can become richer than you are now. Nothing wrong with that. But you must know that riches also come from God. What truly occupies your mind when you sit down, you are alone. Take the analysis of how you live on a daily basis. We are not walking on it. You just sat down. What comes to your mind? That will tell you who you are. If God does not filter into your thoughts when you are alone, it tells you who you are. If your mind is occupied with several things when you are alone and not God, it tells you exactly who you are. Set your affection on things above, not the things on the earth. Where Christ seated, where? At the right hand of God. Your thinking will bring power to you. Your thinking will bring glory to you. You see, in those days of the U.S., there used to be a ministry, they called them the Shakers. Now, that was not truly their name, but they, they took that name or they nicknamed them Shakers because of their experiences. Now, this is what happens. When they come to fellowship, just the way we are, the minister tell them to sit down. Everybody sits down. And say, just meditate and think about the Holy Spirit. And they start thinking about the Holy Spirit. Sooner than later, you see everybody start shaking. That's why they call them the shakers. The Spirit begin to walk through them. You see people burst into prayers. Some burst into tears. They were not singing. They don't do anything. You just sit down and meditate. Think about the spirit. All of a sudden, you start vibrating in their seats. That's why they are called the shakers. Thought have a lot of energy. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Thought have a lot of powers, it can transform you or it can destroy you. You're thinking. Is responsible for so many things you are experiencing in the life. It can sink you, or it can take you up. You are thinking. Praise God. Alright, Proverbs 16 verse 3. Proverbs 16 verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Make it all random, I'm trying to tell you how to think. No matter what you're doing, whether it's your business, whatever, commit it unto the Lord. And that thought shall be established. Your thought shall be established. So there are some thought that doesn't or can be established when they're not committed into the hands of God. It's good to think there's nothing wrong. Thinking about what you're going to do next. Yes, all of those things, whatever your plans are, yes, there's nothing the wrong with it, because it's good to plan. But, in the midst of all that, commit them unto who? Unto the Lord. Bring God into the picture. No matter what, bring God into the picture. Hallelujah. Read it from the message translation, Proverbs 16 verse 3. Proverbs 16 3. God in charge of what? Your work. Then what you plan will do what? Will take place. So why do we fail most times? Because we don't bring God into the picture. That's what the Bible says. Seek a false word. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things shall be what? Shall be added. Put God in charge of your work. Then what you plan will take place. You shall be established. Just thought, saying, God. After making all the plans. There's nothing wrong in planning. Yes. When you finish planning, put God into the picture. Commit them back unto him. Hallelujah. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Proverbs 21, verse 5. Hallelujah. Now go with me, first of all, King James. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. But everyone that is hasty only to want. The thoughts of the diligent. Take it from the Amplified. Proverbs 21 verse 5. The thoughts of the steady diligent tend only to plenteousness. But everyone who is impatient and hasty. Hasten only to what? To want. Where you don't commit your walk into the, don't commit your plans into God's hand, you end in a want. And so, David will say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because he's committing his ways into the hands of God. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. That's why he said the Lord is my portion. Do you know what the meaning of that? The Lord is my portion. I shall not want. Do you know what he's trying to say? See, let me give you background to that scripture. In Israel, when they go to the promised land, they share the land to each of the families. But for the priests, they don't give them anything. They don't have no land. Why? Because the Lord said all the tithes and offerings, they go to the priests, So they don't share land, to go to the farm. And David knew the importance of that and he said, the Lord is my portion. What is that supposed to mean? Whatever belongs to God belongs to me. I'm not going to drag it in with anybody. I'm not going to contend for the land with anybody. Because what belongs to God, belongs to me. Because the Lord said, The tithe which belongs to me, I've given to the priests. Are you following it now? That's what David meant by saying, The Lord is my portion. Because the Lord was the portion of the Levites. So David was promoting his mind and his thinking to say, No, I can't be struggling with people. The Lord is my portion. Whatever belongs to God, belongs to me. Therefore, I shall not want are you seeing that now? Praise the living God. Take again Proverbs 21, verse 5, Message Translation. Who? Message translation. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and hurry put you further behind. After you put your plans together, commit them unto God. Don't just go executing. You go back to where you're coming from. Take God out of the equation. No matter how much plans you put together, you end up going back. Are you following the picture? Careful planning. There's nothing wrong with that. Now so many of us don't even have any plans. But what we're saying is, have your plan, commit your plan to who? To God. Get the plans put right. Then commit them to God. But if you hurriedly go execute those plans. Without God coming to the picture. You go back to square one. That's what he's saying. I've only said this to people. What to work with other people. May not work for you. Because you have a personal relationship with God. So, oh that sister did that. That brother did that. It cannot work that way for you. Let me give you a simple illustration of the Bible. I said this here at some time. Do you know that Abraham and Zechariah, the father of John, they committed the same offense? They committed the same sin before God. What was the sin? They all denied God because of their age. Abraham said, I'm old enough. At night, How can I begin to. My wife is often up to. How can we have a child? God said. But no matter what you say. This time next year. You're going to have your child. I'm coming back to you. That's what I want to understand. The coming of God. But he said. This time when I come again. You're going to have a child. How many people saw God. When he came there. Nobody saw God. But the fact that we saw Isaac. Showed that God came. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Are you with me? Zachariah, God said, hey, your wife is going to have a child. And Zachariah said, at this age, and God said, you're going to be dumb from today. Abraham was not punished. Zachariah was punished. Both of them committed same offense. Why? God expects Zachariah to know more than Abraham because he was a priest. Did you get that? What God can excuse somebody else for, he may not excuse you from it. The more God speaks to you, the more he expects you to do better than those he have not been speaking to. Now, many of you, you want understand that Peter and Judas committed the same offense? How many of you remember that? You may not. Sometimes you just read the Bible, you don't even think about it. But you see, Judah denied Jesus. And then he sold him. Peter denied Jesus three times. But he prayed for him. Did you see that? Both of them committed the same offence of denying Jesus. One was prayed for and restored. The other was not prayed for. But the major reason why Judas have to die the way he died was well, because he repented towards men instead of repenting towards God. Are you following what I'm talking about? So put all your plans together. Nothing wrong, you have any plans. But I advise you put them in the front, I mean, before the Lord. Bring God into the equation. Bring God into the equation. No matter even your business, bring God into the equation. You see, Paul had a shipwreck. Remember that. That everybody was supposed to go. But God said, no. I've given all the souls and this ship into your hand. None of them shall be lost. Remember that. But you see, Paul told the owner of the ship, we can't sail now. What I'm seeing, does not guarantee that we sail now. The man said, go ahead. He was thinking about his money. Once the ship can sail down there, it's going to make all the money. The ship he never got. The money all got lost. Why? Because he never listened to God. When Paul said, we can't sail now. Bring your business before God. No matter your plans. Praise the living God. Finally, let's take this scripture and then we should be done. Isaiah 55, verse number 9. I don't know if I'm helping anybody. Isaiah 55. verse is number 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts. Than your thoughts. That means God thinks too. <laughs> and that is why you should be. A thinker. Why? Because you are made the image and likeness of, who, of God. As the heaven is higher than the earth. So are my ways are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But you know what God is really saying? It's not saying, no, you can't think like me. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying, are, you are not thinking like me. After all, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Am I correct? Yes. So God is saying, look, the way you are thinking is completely different from the way I'm thinking. But you shouldn't be thinking the way you are thinking. You should think the way I'm thinking. Because you are made in my image and likeness. So he's not trying to tell them, oh, no, no, no. I'm higher than you. That's not what he's saying. You are not thinking like me. Somebody said, David, what do you mean by this? What I mean is 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 is what I mean. For who had known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have what? The mind of Christ. Is Christ not God? If you have the mind of Christ, why do you think like Christ? If you have the mind of Christ, why can't you think like God? So when he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, he's not saying, no, 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 you are too low to think like me. No, that's not what he's saying. You don't have my mind. If you have my mind, you think like me. Because you're my son. So how are your thoughts? Before you take any action, Ask yourself. Does God think the way I am going now? Because we ought to have the mind of Christ, and Christ is God. We know we have the mind of Christ. We are not going to, we have Him. Hallelujah. We have the mind of Christ. That means our thoughts must be Christ-like. And if our thoughts are Christ-like, that means our thoughts are God like. So, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Equalizes once you have the mind of who? Of Christ. We begin to think like God. We can think like God. We can think the mind of God. See what Jesus said? I will do nothing except what I see the Father do. He had the mind of God. So it's only what God asks him to do. so what God wants to do. That's what he will do. I was sharing a few weeks. Okay, last week when somebody asked me a question. I said, now you listen to this. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, right? And he healed one man. You know the story, isn't it? Yeah. So, do you want to be healed? Say, yes, I don't have anybody that throws me into the pool when the angel, you know, says the water. That's why I'm sitting here. But do you want to be healed? Oh, yes. Okay, get up, take up your bed and walk, walk out of this place. And Jesus left. My question was, was that the only sick person in that pool? Why wouldn't Jesus continue healing ministry, healing all other people there? Because Jesus would do nothing except what he said the Father do. On that particular day, that is the only man that God wanted to heal on that spot. Jesus knew that, saw that, and walked away. But if you were the one, if I am the one, I put a somebody. The healing ministry, mega, new revelation, church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, come in here for your healing, and then you will not live there anymore. You settle there and be healing all the people. You'll be waiting for them to come for healing because now you have healed somebody. But Jesus left the place. Why? Because I will do nothing except what I see the Father do. Only one healing was needed for that day. Let me give you the reason why it really had to happen that way. Angels test the water, and then the healing will take place. Jesus came to tell the Jews... The era of angels stirring water for your healing is over. I am here to do the healing. Take your mind away from this pool. Look unto me. Get your healing. I came to fulfill the law. The angels, the Jews believed that angels were the people that gave the law to Moses. So they expect angels. And Jesus came to disprove that. And that is why some of our denominations still worship angels. How many of you understand that? Yeah, we see pray to angel, angel Gabriel, angel Jeremiah, angel, angel Zephaniah, you know. And then we count the rosary, we pray to the angels. You understand that? Jesus said, no, the time for the angel is over. I have come that if you need a no healing, I give it to you. By your stripe, by his stripe, we are healed. That's what the Bible says. That's what he came to demonstrate there. But what I'm trying to make you see is this. Jesus will not do more than that because God was not intended to do more than that on that day. How many of you are prepared to stop certain things because God doesn't want you to continue? How many of you are ready? Think about that. Hallelujah. Think about that. I gave you this story here some time ago. 2008. I got my luggage to get out of this country like Andrew. Some of you don't know about Andrew anyway. You were still young when the issue of Andrew was uh, Andrew can't leave this country. Remember that? Yes. And I got my Lord, walked to South Africa. I went to, you know, Lagos there. The Alagman got all my documents. And they say, well, you have no crime. You can go. I know that. I got all those things. I went to South Africa. Brother Israel, he gave me a place to start fellowship in South Africa. Gave me a house to stay. So you can start from here, brother. I know that. We went and started. While we were doing that, the Lord came to me and said, I didn't send you to South Africa. Carry your load and go back. I was frustrated. I left my clothes back in South Africa. I just took a few things and came back. If I have not come back, you won't be here. Did you follow what I'm talking about? If I have not come back to this country, we'll be on this land. Because then we have not bought this land. We came here 2011. But I'm talking of what happened 2008. God said, Go back. I have to go back. That's why I'm back here in Nigeria. I mean, are you prepared? Look at Philip. I'm giving you an example of what your thought can do and what you're working with God can do for you. Look at Philip that was in Samaria. Revival was going on. Everybody was receiving the message. God said, Philip, leave this place. Go join yourself to a eunuch. In the desert. Does it make sense? Look at revival. Look at everybody. Stadium is being filled. And God said, Leave all of this. Go join yourself to one man. In your own human thinking, that is like God, what is wrong? In fact, he will say, This is the devil. Get behind me, Satan. I can't leave this revival. Go. One man, but well, you know what God was trying to do? The man was a eunuch, the queen of sheba queen of Sheba. Of Ethiopia. God and everybody came to Pentecostal experience in Jerusalem. So God was not saying, this new revival that is going on, I want to send it to Ethiopia. Because the queen of Ethiopia was a wife or a sister or a concubine, whatever name you want to call it, I don't know, to King Solomon. Solomon. And they had a child called Menelech, the boy, who finally became the king when when the mother died. And so they believe in Judaism. So God was trying to say, hey, listen, Philip, you are in a city. I'm taking you to a country. But natural thinking cannot believe that that should be. So because Philip spoke to the eunuch, eunuch went back home. And the New Testament, the Pentecostal experience, were made manifest in Ethiopia. Guess what? That was the only country in Africa that was not colonized because they believed in the Bible. And that was the handwork of who? Of Philip. Will you leave what you are doing now? Did God ask you to stop? That's my question. Will you really, I mean you're succeeding so much and I say, no, change what you're doing. Will you be able to do that? Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. We have the mind of Christ so we can think like God. So when God is saying, my thoughts are harder than your thoughts, you say, you are not behaving like my sons. Think like me. Act like me. May your mind synchronize with my own thinking. Let's plan together. Let my plans be your plans. Let my desire be your desire. Let my goal be your goal. Let my walk be your walk. Let my smile be your smile. Let my tears be your tears. Crying when I am crying. Smile when I am smiling. Because you are made in my image and word and likeness. Nobody can see God except through you. God is spirit, by residing you. So become the expression of who? Of God. For you are later written without hands. The Bible calls that you are a piece of written without hand. What I mean is a superimposition. In other words, you look at the picture of superimposition, you'll be seeing the last picture more than the first picture. Jesus is saying, I'm now down, you are on top. People should see you to see me. Praise God somebody. I'm talking about thoughts. For God we do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. And don't forget what we did with the Jeremiah. Your prayers don't do much as compared to your thinking. While you think, pray.